0: Hey there, welcome back to Needed Conversations. This is Ryan and Victoria Cole. And today we're going to further discuss purpose, specifically examining purpose uh, by uh, examining two characters out of the Bible. And that's Esther and David.
1: Yeah, if you did not listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to do so because I really just packed as much information that I could into that 30 minute time. Both Victoria and I are talking about, The concept of purpose and how we have misconstrued what purpose means. And in our pursuit of purpose, I think we have lost sight of our focus. Mm -hmm. And I really looked at people from the Bible as well as throughout history and in my own life. Like, what does purpose really mean? We understand that it's not a concrete idea. So it's not black and white as you wake up one day and you say, aha, now I'm walking in my purpose. But more so it's about learning um, the rhythms of God Mm -hmm. as it pertains to your life Mm -hmm. and how the rhythms that he's designed for your life play into a broader orchestral sound. Um, in the melody that he's playing throughout all of creation. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Every one of us has a certain rhythm to our lives and we each play a part. It's like an orchestra and you have all the different kinds of instruments and, but they're, you know, they're all playing in, in harmony. God has a plan and a purpose for all of humanity, but he also has a plan and a purpose for you. You have a sound to add to the orchestra of humanity. You have a part to play and that's really connected to learning how to get in the flow of his presence, which will help cultivate passions that he calls you to pursue, which mm-hmm. helps you identify gifts and points you toward a people that you're called to serve, a problem that you're called to solve, and a place that you're called to do it. And that really speaks to assignment because you're a pur- your purpose is fulfilled from assignment to assignment. And these assignments all point to people that you're called to serve and problems that you're called to serve in pursuing passions that Mm -hmm. God brings out in you. So
0: all of that. And yeah, I'll add to that, too, is I I love that, you know, even the nature really speaks to like God's order. And mm -hmm. it almost like symbolically symbolizes how we go through life, like seasons change. And although we as human beings, I don't think that we particularly like change or we like to having to shift because we get comfortable. So once we kind of ease into a routine of some sort, we don't want to be taken away from that. We don't want to break that, you know, routine. Uh, but even with seasons, you know, you see the, the trees that grow and mature uh, you know, they they produce their fruit, but it's within a time frame and within a season. And then during like the fall times, they start shedding their leaves. Yep. So there is this natural process that occurs and that you you either can resist it or you can kind of move with it.
1: Let me explain it like this. If we're talking about life's rhythms and we're kind of using that illustration, you know, you can't live your life at a crescendo at all times your life has to have swells and uh, moments where you um, bring bring your life's rhythm into a different kind of focus. And what I mean by that is if you look at the world, they want you to run at a 10 mm-hmm. at, at all times. You've got to be on the grind every single second of your day, every, every single season of your life, and you've got to be winning, quote unquote winning, mm-hmm. you know. But – The rhythms of your life do take swells like the ocean. We're talking about the flow of God's presence and being able to lean into those moments. And there are going to be moments when you have a crescendo in your life where you feel the intensity of um, God's purpose flowing through you. And then there will be a resolve. There will be sort of a downbeat that will take you into a season of rest and repositioning where God helps you to close the door on one assignment and embrace a new assignment. And recognizing those moments and not feeling the pressure from society or even the people around you, the expectations to stay at a 10, that's going to be vitally important if you if you don't want to end up burnt out. You, you end up um, at a crossroads in your faith. You end up questioning everything and depressed, depressed anxious, anxious. So mm-hmm. learning how to move with those crescendos and those swells of life is going to be very important. Understanding purpose.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So like pulling it back to us examining the two characters out of the Bible. So I, I'm going to take Esther and Ryan's going to kind of break down David. So when I read like the book of Esther, which is actually one of my favorite stories, Because to kind of summarize Esther, you know, she came uh, from like the ordinary people, you know, and she was chosen, I believe, because of her humility and obedience. uh, Wherever she was placed, she gained favor in that Mm -hmm. place. So even whenever she was going through a preparation, you know, the story of uh, is it Vashti in Vashti, uh, Vashti, yeah. And in, in my language, it's a little bit different. So forgive me. With I my, could be
1: totally pronouncing it wrong, too.
0: I do remember. It's Vashti or Vashti. But she, was,
1: she was the first wife. She of. was the
0: first wife of the king. Um, and she refused to come. She refused to come whenever he was throwing this huge feast. And so basically, she was banished from the kingdom. And so I guess later on when the king, you know, came to his senses, because, of course, in that party, they were drinking and all that. Um, he was like, I don't have a queen, you know. So um, they suggested that uh, you know they bring in all these ordinary girls and give them all these treatments, months-long treatments, and um, you know bring them one by one, and he can pick which one he he wants, and she will become queen instead of this other queen. And so um, you know, just watching uh, her life being under her uncle because you know he adopted her, and then getting into this completely different place that she was used to and being under, um, uh, what are these people called that were taking care of them? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, as she was going through preparation, it actually says in the Bible that she gained favor with them as well. So the mm-hmm. King's servants that were preparing these females. And of course, when she went through, she got picked and chosen. So I just see her life as she transitions, you know, from season to season, um, just, having humility and obedience and trusting in the process and having faith, and that granted her favor with, you know, men of this world. And, um, you know, even when uh, the, the order was uh, placed by Haman to destroy her people, um, you know, she um, uh, was kind of debating, like, how am I gonna, you know, save my people because she was gonna be killed if the scepter was not, uh, you know, extended, and I love in the scripture where it says, uh, her uncle Mordecai through the servants was passing these messages on to her, that you know maybe you became queen for such a time as this, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes we don't know, you know how why we are put in specific places, but I would like to think of it as there is a bigger picture that we need to understand that we are part of. Mm -hmm. That it's not just for our own selves. Like I uh, pulled this scripture up, and I'm going to read it real quick. It's in Esther 4.14. It's when Mordecai told this to Esther. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position position for such a time as this. Um, So he was imploring her to go, you know, beg the king for her people. Um, and not be silent. And I think when we read these kind of stories in the Bible, um, you know, it's not like they knew their fate. So they had to take the step at a time. And I'm sure that there was a lot of fear and, you know, trembling because Mm -hmm. she didn't know, like, even if I fast and I'm risking going to the king, I may be killed because if the scepter is not extended to me, then I will die and I am going to kill myself and I won't be able to speak for my people. So to me, I just feel like that she uh, understood that she, her purpose in life was a lot bigger than her being put in the position as a queen. And now, great, all these people are serving me and I can just chill and relax and do what a queen does. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. It's a fascinating story and it's, it's pretty short. It's a book that you can sit down and read. Um, we know her as Esther, but in fact, she was born Hadassah. Hadassah, yeah. And she was kind of undercover um, in kind of this process. Even when she got married, uh, the king didn't know that she was Jewish. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was kind of a hidden thing that that she was working through. But the thing that I loved about the story is looking at how many women viewed that as an opportunity to gain a position and a title Mm. because that status – meant something great to them, they'd been taught of, you know, the power that you would hold as a queen, but that, that understanding of the power had no focus or direction beyond themselves. Mm. And Esther didn't go into that situation with the ambition of trying to be queen. She was just trying to stay undercover, protect her people, um, and, you know, just pass on by. But somewhere along the lines, she she allowed um, herself to reveal passions. Mm -hmm. She she had a passion for reading. She um, her beauty was used by God, all of these different aspects. And then when she got in that position. She uh, was humble enough to realize that this position isn't about me, but there's a greater plan here that the enemy is seeking to take out my people and I'm called to serve them, to bring them to a place of deliverance. And she realized that her purpose as queen had nothing to do with the title, but everything to do with the people she was called to serve and the problem that she was called to solve. That's good. And um, in doing that, she recognized that her assignment as queen had nothing to do with the superficial and everything to do with the eternal, because um, imagine what had ha- what would have happened if, you know, the Jewish people would have been wiped out in that moment. But mm-hmm. God raised her up as a deliverer with boldness, and she fasted and prayed within her assignment. And I just want to encourage those out there who can, who and, and I'm guilty of this too, get very micro focused towards a certain goal in your career or you're you're wanting the next step you want to become married maybe you're single and you're you're looking at these life goals through the wrong lens. instead of looking towards these goals for uh, your own benefit, why don't you stop and ask God why it is that these goals are important? And Mm -hmm. what it is that you're called to do, not only when you get there, but in the process leading up to it as well. Mm -hmm. And asking yourself these hard questions. If I were to get this promotion, what would I do with the authority that was given to me? That's good. If I were able to have the privilege of getting married, what would I do with that level of responsibility? What impact would I be making on the world? One of the things you brought to my attention this week, from the book that I wrote, Constructing Paradise, which is really a book on prayer. Is that, um, what was it, the statement about purpose? Is that
0: Purpose um, dictates your prayer agenda. That's right. And I just thought it was so good because uh, a lot of times it's just kind of like, it's like um, uh, a cycle. Like if you don't know your purpose, you don't really know what you're praying for, you know. But I feel like it really does start in the presence. It really does start with you getting... Uh, you know, really close to God and really allowing God to search your heart because he truly knows the depths of your heart and what are the things that you may be struggling with Um, and he will reveal it to you, you know, by and through his Holy Spirit, who's a gentleman. He's never going to condemn you, but he's going to convict you because uh, the Bible says, you know, that um, God's love leads us to repentance Mm -hmm. and he just has such such an amazing... Uh, Gentlemen like nudging whenever we read the Bible, when, whenever we pray. And at the beginning, even when we were talking about, you know, vision, you know, it may seem like baby steps. It may seem like your prayer time may be like a few minutes, and you really don't know what you what to say. Um, but I think. A, the more you practice a skill, the more you start gaining knowledge and vocabulary, the more you study God's word, you're going to see what God really loves. Like if you really want a relationship with a person, you're going to study a person. Um, and the way you you know, where become intimate is through information. So mm-hmm. if we don't have that exchange of information, we don't read the Bible, we don't get in the presence of God, then we're not gonna be able to find our purpose. So it really does dictate your prayer life whenever you you know understand your purpose
1: for sure you know another one in the bible who really walks out this process almost line for line is david Mm -hmm. and you see him as sort of an outcast as a child you see him as uh, a disenfranchised brother like he uh, there's something unspoken in Mm -hmm. in the scripture but you know that his father doesn't treat him like the others And the Lord chooses him. And I think that the Lord chose him because David, while in the field, began to learn the rhythms of God's presence and Mm. begin to get in the flow of God's presence. Um, And it was there that he was sharpening his skills as well. Mm. So you see this sort of line upon line. He got into the flow of God's presence. And then the Lord says, let me take some of your passions and your skills and refine them. And the Lord um, trained him up right there, protecting the sheep. He fought off the lion. He fought off the bear. And then he brought him to a place where um, he was moved. We see David going out into the field to bring his brothers like cheese and crackers, essentially. Mm. And he he was not bothered until he saw how Goliath taunted his people. Mm -hmm. And that moved him and not only taunted his people, but the God that they served. Mm -hmm. And um, he was
0: mocking the God. That's
1: right. And that day he looked at that situation. I think that very well, if Goliath wouldn't have, you know, poked, uh, at you know, his people and the God that he served, that he may have just delivered the sandwiches and went home. But he connected in that moment with the presence that God had placed him in, the gifts that had been refined. And now he saw his people were in need of serving. He served with those cheese sandwiches and that serving led him to an opportunity to confront a problem. Mm-hmm. And that problem opened the doorway to him to step into the flow of purpose if That's that great. makes sense and that flow of purpose never changed it only um it it only moved from assignment to assignment mm-hmm. and you see this pattern repeated over and over again with Goliath but then also moving into all of the armies that he slayed and how God would ra- raise him up as a righteous king and and really the overall plan for his life was to be the lineage that our lord and savior would come through mm-hmm. him not knowing that in in the long grand scheme of things but he was in the flow of of this present assignment and he moved from assignment to assignment looking at the people he was called to solve the problems he could he could people he could serve the problems he could solve and how he could continue to refine his passions and gifts and even at one point we say see david you know, have the issue with Bathsheba where he lusted and then Mm -hmm. he ended up having her husband murdered and all this kind of thing. Those passions, God put his thumb on and begin to refine. Mm -hmm. So the passions part isn't necessarily just about, you know, the gifts that he wants to pull out of you, but even some of the passions that are in us because of our sin nature that he wants us to take control of and he wants to refine it. Yeah. Yeah. David um, was so fascinating when contrasting his path with the path of Saul. What led to the demise of Saul, because most people look at him as sort and demonize him as a figure in the Bible, but Saul was anointed by God. Mm-hmm. Saul was raised up in the same way, very similar in nature to the way David was raised up. He was a nobody, nobody knew of him mm-hmm. until the moment God placed his oil upon him and 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 made him king. but he allowed himself to take his eye off of the people and the problems and the passions that God and and ultimately the presence. Mm-hmm. And he began to make his focus about him, his status, his accolade, his, you know, accomplishments and building statues in his name, and that in and of itself a man who had the presence of God lost it in that one moment, stepping out of the kingdom, stepping out of purpose because he had selfish ambition. And yep, that's a yep. warning to all of us.
0: I would say the same thing about uh, uh, Saul is that uh, a lot of times you can identify you're stepping away from the is when you step into the works mentality. Um, yes. Because I remember that um, story when, uh, you know, um, Samuel told, you know, God was giving the word to Saul and Samuel told them to basically Uh, kill all the people all the livestock and everything that the city that they were coming to conquer right well he ended up Taking the livestock and all that stuff and he said well We're just gonna make sacrifices and so he was waiting for Samuel to come you know, and he just did it himself and so isn't this where the in the Bible it mm-hmm. says the obedience is better, is than, better sacrifice. Than, than sacrifice. That's what Samuel said. Right. And sometimes we think in our own mind we can conjure up what we need to do and how we need to do it because we get like, well, you know, I can do all of this myself now that I'm kind of confident. Uh, but I think when we are in the presence and we are under grace, we even walk in a bigger humility because we understand that we are we are where we are today because God put us there. Right. It's not by our own works that we get to be before specific people or have a specific title. And that humility ca- keeps you grounded and helps you to really understand what is, again, my purpose in the season and in this time as my assignments continue to shift.
1: Yeah. And we can get caught up in the process of writing a vision, making plans, all this kind of, all these great things. We've done podcasts about yeah, it absolutely. and we believe in yeah, it. Yeah, we do. But we have to be very careful to not be driven by the ambitions of the accolades and the applause and wanting to reach a certain status financially or whatever, and more so be yielded to God in mm-hmm. and, and, and writing a vision that doesn't necessarily always look glamorous and doesn't maybe even always end up with the loudest of applause, but that obedience to God will end up granting you a greater level of prosperity than dollar bills could ever give you. Absolutely. And I, I hate to say this, even I think one of the major things about the prosperity gospel that we've gotten wrong is sort of this, a uh, broad stroking number one, that pro- prosperity is relegated to finances alone. And number two, that prosperity for one person is prosperity for every person. Mm-hmm. And promising that everybody in a room is going to be a millionaire or promising that, you know, if you do this, then you're going to, you know, you're going to get this car or, the you know, put, you know, put your, put name exactly what you want on the seed and put it in the ground. And I know I'm rattling a lot of cages right now because I do believe in the seed and I do believe in faith and, you know, pointing your faith in a direction. But God has to be the one who who puts your faith towards a certain direction. Mm-hmm. We can get caught up in oh, this process worked before, so it's always going to work. And mm-hmm. then we get into the place where oh, if I just write a vision, if I sow a seed, if I name that seed and, you know, then it's just going to come to pass. Well, is that what God wanted for you? I don't I I mean, I don't personally believe that God wants everybody to have the same level of financial increase. I think that God defines prosperity within the context of purpose and uh, you know, prosperity is another P word that I could have very well added into the equation. You know, you got purpose and so you're going to problem solve people to serve presence, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's going to lead you to prosperity, you know, or, or, you know, chasing prosperity. I took out prosperity for a reason because people get it real twisted real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, and in redefining prosperity, we could possibly add it back into the, that equation. But you don't even have to focus. You don't even have to put prosperity into the equation. It comes by default. Mm-hmm. So you don't even focus on the prosperity. You focus on solving the problem, serving the people, you know, honing your passions and fi- and moving from assignment to assignment in God's presence. Absolutely. You do all of that. Prosperity is a default. And it may not be the prosperity you would expect or want or dream of in the world standards because our minds has been, have been tainted by the world in terms of what success looks like. But it's going to be the prosperity you need to live a healthy lifestyle, to have thriving relationships and marriage, to have the resources you need to fulfill the problem or to fulfill the assignment, mm-hmm. which is to solve the problem. Yes. I hope that makes sense. That that That's a... That's a mind shift that, you know, I've been working through for several years Um, and and it can be challenging for people when they first hear it because it is a paradigm shift Mm -hmm. and you want to reject that. You want to reject it at first because you've been taught all your life, you know, that prosperity is this and that God wants you to be blessed and blessed looks, who determines the blessing? Every time you look at the Bible, uh, if someone was blessed that was a fearful thing that was a scary thing when an angel of the lord came to mary and said you are blessed among women you are more blessed than any other woman she was like oh i don't know if i want that mm-hmm. because they recognized that a blessing can look like a curse real quick when everybody starts rejecting you. Yeah, because you it when doesn't
0: look like everybody else's. So Because it doesn't come not, easy. Or it's not something that somebody's ever, has ever seen. And that's the cool thing about purpose uh, for each individual person is that you're unique as an individual. Like you are created uniquely. There was not a person before you or after you that will ever be like you. And so, uh, you know, being authentic and true to yourself um, it's such a powerful thing therefore there's a specific and unique assignment uh, you know i've heard a lot you know when we drive through the cemetery they say you know it's, the cemetery is like the wealthiest place in the world yeah. because it's uh filled with untapped potential and i'm like how many of us you know strive to achieve specific thing and then we get to the end of our lives and we look back and see you know did i leave an imprint did i leave a legacy behind and not just, you know, you know, financially leave somebody with money, but really did I affect somebody with my words, um, how I spent time with them, the people that I poured into what I sacrificed and that I leave this world empty and not, you know, filled up, but I really leave empty. I don't have anything else to give. I've done (laughs) gave everything, you know?
1: And since we began there, let's end here. You don't want to end your life with your music still in you
0: Mm.
1: it's like a music box that had never been opened you know those little music boxes with the ballerinas you've got to open up that that gift and and allow that music to flow that flow of your life's purpose and remember that um, it comes with swells and crescendos and downbeats and softer moments and louder moments. How annoying would it be to just blare the same note in your head the entire time? Mm -hmm. You know, you'd cut that song off really quickly and you have to look at your life as the ebbs and the flows come as this is a part of me me as an individual growing in my faith, in my gifts and my passions, me coming into a place of greater maturity And understanding that prosperity is not always what it looks like.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: And I'm excited about this conversation that we've been happening because I think it solves uh, and it relieves a lot of of the pressure that people feel to perform. And Mm -hmm. in discovering your purpose, I want to help you do that. I have uh, put together a course. Um, It's going to have around 10 video lessons when it's released in the next couple of weeks. And it's going to have a workbook, a discovery workbook to help you move through each one of these processes, whether that be finding that problem that you're called to solve or the people you're called to serve, or learning how to deal with the unrestrained passions that are rooted in your sinful nature and how to also tap into your God-given passions. All of this is in a new course that I've developed called Presence, Purpose, and Power. I want to help you access the power of God that's hidden on the inside of you. I want to help you open up your music box and let the song uh, your life song begin to soar out with its its melodies. I want to help you answer some of the toughest questions. Why was I put here on earth? Everyone asks this question. I want you to sign up right now. It's a limited price and I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's so so cheap. You got to go to ryancoleempowerment.com. Right now and sign up. This price will leave after this course is launched um, in the next week or so. The price is going to substantially increase, and and um, I want you to jump in now. Not only will you get the videos as well as the um, the discovery workbook, you are going to get a discovery session with me and i'm going to help un- help you unpack some of these things that feel overwhelming point you in the right direction and most importantly help you ask the right questions a lot of the unlocking happens questions are like keys and a lot of times we're, y- we're using the wrong key to open the box that we're trying to to open up we ask all of the same questions but i'm going to help you redefine your questions and those questions are going to help open up um, your life to the answers that you're looking for. So go right now, RyanColeEmpowerment.com and sign up. The link is in the description here. If you're on YouTube, what are you waiting for? Why don't you hit that subscribe button now? Comment below and let me know who in the Bible can you see moved through this process that we're talking about? And in what ways, what problems did some of these Bible characters solve? Um, what people were they called to serve? I want you to help, uh, help us. Um, we're going to be talking about some of these Bible characters in the courses as sort of the backdrop for you going through that same process of discovery yourself. So comment below, reach out to us on social media. You've been listening, uh, you've been listening to Needed Conversations. This is Ryan and Victoria Cole.
0: And we'll see you guys in our next episode.